Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Show. I'm your host, Dave Onleco, and of course, I'm here as always, accompanied by the great and wonderful Matt Wispay. This podcast is being brought to you by Blue Wire and Bet Online. It is good to talk to you again, man. It's uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, it's we're in that like it all automatically would have been like a lull because it's between the combine and the draft and maybe we could have like this is our now one between their show it's just kind of funny because then all of a sudden it was like and the world stopped so (laughs) yeah so the world stopped and now we're stuck in our now we're all stuck in our houses and we're like you and i both kind of were just like let's record a podcast it seems like we're both sitting at home what else are we gonna do right and there is a lot to talk about i mean oh yeah i've got a new debbie uh startup i i mean you've you've been just wheeling and dealing in some of your leagues i mean fantasy football never sleeps and i think everyone is kind of in the same like we're at home may as well make some trades may as well start up a few new dynasty leagues may as well do something while we're waiting for uh for the world to start spinning again oh yeah i mean how else do you pass the time fantasy football is the one thing that's keeping us all going and as you said both of our leagues that we uh we're both making moves in right now we did some devi leagues and that's that brings us back to our joy, which is college football. Yes, it is. It has been good. I've also been keeping up on uh, all the uh, high school guys, whittling down their their top fives and seeing where Oregon lands and all of those. And I've been fall. I've increased my follows of Oregon recruiting, um, like the back channels of Twitter. <laughs> it's it's uh, only for deviants, but uh, I find myself at home in those spaces. So it's been uh, yeah. It's been good. College football's right there. And Oregon just got a new quarterback, too. So, I mean, this is all it's all shaping out to be a a decent offseason if you ignore the realities of what's taking place in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's interesting because like one of the things we have here is are we going to have football? When are we going to have football? And it's kind of a bummer. This year might be the year where like either you get a shortened college football season or you get a um, you don't have college football for us because this was the first this was the Oregon and Ohio State playing week two and now it sounds like even in some of the better case scenarios we might only be getting conference play right right yeah that would be a real bummer I I think it will help certain like I think that would actually be a a boost to like conferences like the Pac-12 that maybe um have some more difficult out of conference games and, and some other schools like the sec where most of their out of conference games are against like these random schools like the citadel um <laughs> you know maybe it, it's a i don't know if that makes any difference in the long run but yeah it could be it could be very interesting very unique year um man i hope we have football though it'd be a real bummer uh if uh after it's all said and done i mean i know in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal but it's still kind of a big deal i mean we all want a return to a feeling of normalcy. Like it, I don't, I, I understand all of this. It's not going to go away in three months. It's not going to go away in 
like six months, we're probably going to be sitting here with a level of, it still feels a little bit weird for a year until either they find some type of air quote cure or a vaccine and it sucks, but there is something, some truth to, I hate that I'm giving him credit to Donald Trump wanting to bring this level of normalcy and wanting sports to return because it's something to distract you from it. And if you can find a way to make it safe and make it happen in a, um, a way that doesn't hinder the cause, then yeah, I mean, I think we all would say we want sports back and I really want college football back because Ohio state's going to win a national championship. If we have a college football season. There you go. I'd say you you heard it here first, but you heard it here weeks ago. You've heard so, it here <laughs> seven hundred times from the beginning. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I, I mean, the irony is like being quarantined would be totally no problem. Walk in the park if there were sports on TV, <laughs> you know, like. But the fact that we're stuck at home with no sports is uh, that's that's the real rub. Uh, I've watched old UFC fights, old FC Cincinnati games. And have every once in a while turned on YouTube and found one of Ohio State's greatest games. Yeah. And of course, you watched a push up marathon over the weekend. I, I mean, too. Oh, let's be clear. <laughs> I watched way too much of that. And then somehow I got my wife interested in it. My That's wife amazing. was invested by the end of it. She was like, uh, we were staying up, and I'm an early to bed kind of guy because I'm a psychopath with my sleep schedule. Um, but. Like we were watching right up until we both were like about to go to sleep. How many pushups is he at? How many does he have left? What is this pace still good? Is he, is he going to get there? My uh, wife was asking me these questions. So uh, it was great. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That is exactly how it should be. I've been uh, rewatching the 2013 Seattle Seahawks season. Uh, the one in which uh, they won the Super Bowl, and it feels really weird. Marshawn Lynch is like amazing and uh, Russell Wilson's this young kid like you know not sure who he's going to be yet it's it's really funny but let's get into let's get into the show here we've got some good stuff we're going to do some rookie discussion we're going to talk about some of the best landing spots for running backs where we hope some of the big wide receivers land uh some risers and fallers and Debbie and then we'll do a little mock rookie like a little mock draft for the rookies and uh, maybe talk through some of our uh, our recent Debbie movings and shakings so uh, without any further ado, let's uh, let's jump in. Um, let's let's start with the uh, the wide receivers. I'd, I'd like to just kind of hear from you, um, looking towards your uh, fantasy football drafts that might be uh, coming up soon. Um, with with that in mind, so from a fantasy perspective, not a real life perspective, these guys that are entering the the league, you know, within a couple of months here, uh, the, the the rookies that we're looking at, um, where are some of the best landing spots for them? Uh, maybe give me a couple examples of some some guys you'd like to see in different places based on their skill set and where maybe you'd be less excited if they uh, ended up somewhere else. So uh, take it away. I'll let you kind of take this in any which direction that you like. <laughs> so before we uh, dive too deep into this, I have to admit that I'm complete garbage at actually picking a landing spot for a player, um, mostly because... I tend to just say, oh, is there a whole bunch of vacated targets? Cool, then let's mm -hmm. put somebody there. Um, and there wasn't a huge amount of movement among wide receivers this year. So some of the and, bigger spots. And even to that, like like Stefan Diggs is a huge loss for the Vikings, but that's not a team that likes to really air it out much. And it's not a quarterback who loves to push it super deep. So even there, like it's like, oh, we've got a huge vacated target total, but... 
what does that actually even mean? <laughs> so yeah, I, to, to that point, it is very difficult. So going through the list of players and I kind of just not randomly assigned them. I kind of took a little bit of thought into, do they play a style that would work and da 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 da. But um, the teams that I came up with that are probably my favorite are San Francisco is probably my favorite overall landing spot. The Raiders are kind of quietly a good spot. Denver's okay. Um, you know they're going to play second fiddle. The Jets are pretty solid without Anderson. New England needs somebody to be really good at wide receiver, so that would be fun. As you said, Minnesota's a decent spot. New Orleans is a decent spot. Philly is a decent spot, and Green Bay is a decent spot. Um, yeah, so, so the only one on there that I kind of question would be... I'm just asking because I'm, I'm sure you have reason for it, but New Orleans with... I mean, obviously Michael Thomas is there, then they just brought over Emmanuel Sanders... Do you think that guys like Teddy Ginn um, just disappear forever? Uh, he actually may have already disappeared. I don't. He's, he's, <laughs> I say that, and I don't actually know for sure. But uh, them bringing Emmanuel Sanders doesn't make you nervous with the I mean, amount of targets. I, that I do like. Sa- I, I guess I do think Sanders was a good addition. I think he's a. Um, I gotta see how long he signed for, to be honest with you. But I don't think he's a long term. Right option for them so when i say this is a good landing spot i don't necessarily think that they're going to be um immediately the star receiver year one but they'll this is a spot where paired with the guy who i do believe is long term michael thomas i think that they would be a good fit um Mm -hmm. so we'll just jump into the name that i have listed there i put denzel mims mims is a really athletic receiver um kind of plays uh i would say different than michael thomas and gives them a different style of receiver i think he would be a nice fit there he's a nice compliment to michael thomas if you're a fantasy football fan here's the downside like i said with emmanuel sanders there you're definitely waiting a little bit of time and he said a two-year deal i looked it up so two years so you're waiting a little bit of time for sanders to either see the number two spot to uh, mims or for him to just be gone and in that situation, maybe you're not thrilled and he's the type of guy you're better off buying next year than this year, all assuming this is the landing spot. But uh, it, it would be a nice fit for him eventually because Michael Thomas is going to be the target monster, but Mims could be maybe the explosive play guy that kind of fills the role that Ted Ginn did, even though he's going to do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So I have actually weirdly my favorite um, is Henry Ruggs and Ruggs is slowly turning himself into my favorite receiver in this pro in this entire class. Really? Um, I like him. Uh, We talked about it probably 10 times during the college football year that the numbers kind of don't matter for the Alabama receivers. They were, they made a joke of the system. At one point they literally played a game of rock, paper, scissors to decide who got to score the touchdown on a play and that guy scored a touchdown <laughs> on the play, they were ridiculous. So that like the market share numbers for any of these the next few years, so Waddle, Smith, Judy, and Ruggs, are always going to be low because there's four potentially first-round wide yeah. receivers on one team. So can, I think can Ruggs I, gets... So, so you like Ruggs ahead of Judy and Lamb? Mm, I don't know if I would have him as my... I, the fact that he's getting mentioned in the conversation where um, he might be the first wide receiver drafted. And there are mock drafts that have Ruggs as the top wide receiver off the board. Shows me 
that my belief that a field-stretching wide receiver with elite speed brings something that Judy and Lamb, for as good as they are, they don't necessarily bring. So while I don't think Ruggs is the same polished receiver that Judy is, and I don't think he... I mean, I don't think he's quite the receiver Lamb is. I do think he brings a unique skill set because he sure. is the best athlete in this receiver class, and I don't think it's particularly close. And who's a, I, who's an NFL comp that you would uh, give for Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun Jackson. All right, well, yeah, maybe a slightly <laughs> more athletic Deshaun Jackson. That's yeah. the guy who I keep coming back to. Is I think he's going to be that type of player. There's yeah. also a chance he's Tyree Hill. Um, there's also a chance. Like that's kind of what like elite speed. We it's this weird thing is you want to kind of discount speed 40 times because 40 times don't necessarily have correlation unless the correlation is that it turns into draft capital. Well, Mm -hmm. for rugs, it's going to turn into draft capital because he ran a ridiculous 40 time. And I mean, it it does. It's Mecole Hardman proved elite speed. Oh, you can make an impact if given the chance. Tyreek Hill, elite speed. You can make an impact. Deshaun Jackson, elite speed. It's it's not necessarily a guarantee, but it is one of those things that it can get you on the field right away. And if you were to go to a team like the Jets, which is where I have him landing, and that would be potentially the first wide receiver off the board, that's one of those spots that's interesting because he could fill in right away where Robbie Anderson left off. Sure. Yeah. And no, I don't I, like CD I think that's a, that's a good one. We as much as I Ooh, okay I, I want, let's, let's hear okay. it no no let's go you can let's wind you up let's wind right, you up so, and let you go I've it, been I've been hearing that C D Lamb is the best wide receiver prospect in the last seven years well those people are wrong <laughs> um, I haven't but, heard that but I number wanted to one get you uh, C D Lamb is a well it, what's funny is is you said that jokingly but I had somebody when I said the other day that I was not a fan of C D Lamb I thought I have been pushing for the last week that I said, if I were in the, the middle of the first round and I was staring down at their Jerry Judy or CD lamb, I would trade back my pick and I would try and pick up uh 2021 first. And I would try and take T Higgins at the end of the first early second. That's my ideal scenario because I don't think that the gap between CD lamb and um, the next tier of player. So C.D. Lamb Judy are considered this top tier, but I think that the gap between one and two and three through eight is very similar. Um, It's basically, they're all very similar players who are all landing spot dependent. So now, why do I dislike C.D. Lamb by comparison to the world? Number one, if you're looking at his numbers, if they weren't video game numbers, I would be terrified because Oklahoma produces one receiver every single year that makes puts up video game numbers. See D.D. Westbrook. Um, I can't think of more off the top of my head, but they do it every single year. Um, well, Browns last year. Yeah. I mean, every single year, someone Not on Oklahoma. Last year, but you know. Yeah, yeah. No, Marquise Brown had it, well, yeah. in last year's draft. So now, right. what is my concern <laughs> about him? Okay, market share of receiving yards. He had 26 in his sophomore year, so not a breakout season. Um, Didn't break out till his final year on campus, and his numbers, realistically, are good. They're not the way that the other video game game numbers guys were. So now, 
What is my concern? Well, let's go give him an ideal scenario draft pick. Give him 12th, 12th overall. And you throw him into the box score simulator on Rotovis. Got to plug that all the time. Here are his top five comparisons. Number one, Nelson Aguilar. Number two, Justin Oof. Hunter. Number three, Kendall Wright. Number four, Jeremy Macklin. And number five, Sammy Watkins. How many of those guys did you would you have said uh, you'd be th- thrilled and you would call them a hit for CeeDee Lamb? Yeah, One? zero. Well, yeah, maybe. two halves. Give Macklin a half and... Uh, and Watkins and, a half. And Watkins so a half, yeah. The can't-miss prospect. Now, here's, here's the thing. I'll keep going down that list, and there's a few hits, and this is where people are hanging their hat on. Brashad Perriman, not a hit. DeAndre Hopkins, oh, that's great. Um, Laquan Treadwell. Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. Those are mm-hmm. his top his top 10. Yeah. So you're saying two true hits in Woods and Hopkins, one kind of hit in Brandon Cooks, and some partial hits with Macklin and Watkins. So right. of his top comparisons, you're getting less than a 50% hit rate. This is the sure thing of this class? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, now people will point to, because, I mean, he's got some highlight real catches and run after the catch and... He he is uh, a sports center darling, you know, like he is so he puts on the highlight reel. I mean, so no no <laughs> sure, but even like at the combine, like everyone saw his ridiculous catch, you know. So I think those are the things that this isn't me arguing with me with you. This is I think some of those things uh push him up, those individual plays, but those don't necessarily correlate to um a player who is a definite surefire thing at the position to and your I, point. And I think that's where my, like I've been, <laughs> I got tasked a few weeks ago with writing up a few players and I, I was like, CD lamb, no one wrote about him for Rotovis. So I went in just started looking at the numbers and I was like, I can't make the compelling case for CD lamb. That isn't just, he's going to be drafted high. And that was my issue is I kept looking at it and kept looking at it and kept looking at it and go, he has an over age 20 breakout age. Fine, not elite. He has a pretty average 40 time. Um, and he didn't, I mean, and he just, he didn't put up the video game numbers that I would have hoped for before his final year. So yeah, have I watched, I've watched more Oklahoma than most of the people who will tell you, oh man, you just need to watch the film. You just need to watch the film. I've watched more than you probably because I watch college football like it's my job. And I mean, as good as he is, he's not special. I think he's a very good prospect, but if you were to tell me he's your wide receiver one, then he better be drafted first. If Judy goes ahead of him, if Judy goes first, Judy is my wide receiver one. If Lamb goes first, he's probably my wide receiver one. If Ruggs goes first, he's probably my wide receiver one. I think that should tell you about where I am with this class. As much as everyone wants yeah. to think that the top two are above and beyond everyone else, they're not. Mm. Yeah. Um, another guy that, uh, t- well, there's a lot of guys I still want to talk about. Um, one of them is uh, Jalen Rieger. I am seeing a bit of poo-poo thrown his way, and I really like him. What am I missing, or what am I not seeing? Like, what, 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 are, you, what are your thoughts on Rieger? wide receiver out of TCU. Do you think he is the real deal or do you think he's going to struggle in the NFL? I like Rieger. Rieger coming into this year would have been my probably second or third receiver in 
receiver in the class behind Judy um, was probably my, my top guy. Tyler Johnson was really high coming into the year. Um, he had, during his sophomore season, he had a ridiculous year. He had 37% market share of yards, 47% market share of touchdowns, a dominator of 042 but he kind of took a pretty major step back on that final year in a kind of scary way. He only had 611 yards. And I get that there's some level of like his team got dramatically worse, but there's yeah. always something to be said about these players that do have a pretty major fallback. Now here's my, my only concern with him. I think he's a great receiver. I think that a team gets him. They're going to be really happy to get him. I'm concerned that his draft capital will, draft capital capital geez can't speak (laughs) it's been a while folks um that he's not going to be the first round pick he may not be he may not be an early second round pick he might be a late second round pick falling to a team that's just like well we can't let this guy fall anymore he could be juju smith schuster in that sense juju smith schuster broke out early and then fell off late so is that Rieger's path or is he all the other receivers in the, or like a lot of receivers in the past that have had one flash moment where they looked amazing and then fell off mm-hmm. from there. Have we already seen his peak? I don't know. My only uh, concern with him is draft capital capital. I got to slow myself every time now. Um, and if he is, if he has an early round pick, take him in the first he's come he's going to be a good receiver if somebody gives him the chance if he's kind of an afterthought and nfl teams aren't as sold on him i mean you don't have to pay up right well we'll um we'll have to circle back to him after the nfl draft i'm, I'm hoping that they keep it on um keep it as scheduled in a couple weeks here uh Give us some more. Um, it's going to be at. a fantasy draft and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a shit show and it's going to be amazing. Um, Does Gettleman know that... how to turn on a computer? <laughs> I doubt it. He has to bring a nerd over. Like, oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, anyway, um, I'll, I'll look forward to talking about him specifically with you then because I do think that will be a pretty uh, pretty good talking point. And another one that I think will be interesting is seeing who ends up landing in Green Bay. Uh, because they haven't really done much to fix their wide receiver room. I mean, I know they brought in brought in Funches, but that that's not really what they need. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is is not elite anymore, in my opinion. Whoa! Uh, but he he's still able to produce enough for Devonte Adams, obviously. But I think there is room there for for another uh, wide receiver to really uh, break through and and become fantasy relevant. So I'll be curious to see who ends up in Green Bay. Yeah, and, and similar I... with Denver, only the opposite with a quarterback position, a young guy who might become good, but is unproven in, in Drew Locke. Yeah. I mean, I would say Denver's probably the second most interesting one to me in that sense. Um, I think jets are the most interesting. I think Denver might be second most because you could get someone who just comes in and is lockstep with Locke, Um, and he becomes his, his secondary rece- receiver alongside Sutton. Obviously, mm-hmm. Sutton is the superstar. Sutton's going to be amazing. But if you find a nice like guy to replace the role that Emmanuel Sanders used to be in, you could be looking at a very fantasy-relevant receiver. And the guy I kind of hope falls into that role is a guy that is a steady, consistent guy, was the number one guy on the team until this year, until he fell behind Jamar Chase. But by the way, Jefferson put up 
a monster year. Justin Jefferson, yeah. I thought he was like the better profile guy going into this past year. Obviously, Jamar Chase turned into a superstar, but Jefferson was steady awesome all year. And you see him fall into the right right spot. Jefferson's a guy that is really interesting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, real quickly, just want to apologize. Um, Wi-Fi is a crazy thing in my house. Like I record from my basement now and all my kids are doing their schoolwork. So we've got like five, and my wife works. So we've got five people flooding the uh, the Wi-Fi here. So every once in a while, there's a little bit of a, a gap in the talking. That's why, but uh, continue along, Matt. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, I, I also I also love the, the landing spot in Denver alongside Cortland Sutton. I think it's a... It, it could be a real nice, a real nice space for uh, for a wide receiver to come in, and uh, then bringing in uh, Melvin Gordon. Um, I think it doesn't hurt the passing game because he's not someone that's going to, you know, change their style of offense that much from what they were doing before. I still think they want to uh, go vertical from time to time. So, no, I, I think I think Gordon will help them in a sense. I think that will. He is just another good player, and he's not going to take targets. Whereas yeah. if Philip Lindsay were on the field more often, he would take targets away. So it's if you're a fantasy player, you're kind of rooting for Gordon to kind of become the workhorse because then that'll open up some passing for or some targets for other players. Yeah. Um, last last wide receiver I wanted to get your better. thoughts on before we run, move over to running back so is uh, my boy here from my boy from Boulder, uh, Lavisca Chenault. Um, fight. What, I just like to hear your thoughts on him as a uh, as a prospect and and kind of where where you might uh, see him going in the NFL draft and and what that means for for fantasy drafts. He kind of reminds me, or he's sort of similar to Rieger in the sense where had he not fallen off and gotten injured a bunch this past year, Chenault would have been at one of everyone's favorite players. Now he might be air quotes better as a running back. He might be um just an athlete but i don't care and so the landing spot i'm really i would love i will be very very excited for is if he ends up in new england he's the kind of player that you give him to bill belichick bill belichick finds a way to get him the ball and everyone is joyful um (laughs) i think he's my quarterback for 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 honestly wildcat let's do this i mean he i don't think he's going to be a first round pick i don't i think he's He's day two, but I don't even know that he's second round. Um, I think he is one of those guys that you just hope that the right team finds him and he gets a chance eventually. So, I, I mean, he I like him a lot. I think he's a, he's a talented player. I think he's a good athlete. If he's not a high draft pick, don't waste a first round pick on him. If he, yeah. if he slips to the third round, let him slip to your second round. So... Do you but have there are him a lot in, of people in your top five at wide receiver for, for just Do I have him? probably I think my, well one sec let's go through my top five because my top five is weird um we'll say Jerry Judy number one I'm putting rugs two. screw you uh rugs two Jefferson three lamb four Higgins five that's my five okay um and then Rieger Chenault yeah then probably like Rieger that. Chenault Pittman Mims yeah Ayuk, however you say his name. Yeah, Arizona State guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and now making me cry like wide receiver 30, Tyler Johnson. 
Yeah. Seriously, making me so sad to see the teams don't love him because his profile is still amazing. I want to love him, but his draft capital is going to be terrible. Yeah, he'll be one of those guys that'll be completely dependent upon what team he ends up with and and what and what they have in their wide receiver room because if he if he falls, but he falls to a team that that needs help, it it could be fine, but it's going to be a lot more difficult. That's that's definitely that's definitely true. Um, let's um, switch over to uh, to running backs here real quick. Uh, what do you think are the best landing spots? You mentioned Atlanta earlier. What, what are some other uh, running back dream destinations? There aren't a ton. I mean, the dream is Kansas City every single year. Um, no, no, no. I just acquired Damian Williams for, for cheap in my Debbie startup league. So the uh, dream so is the dream is Kansas City every year. Um, the dream is I mean there there aren't a ton. It's it's kind of funny because every year we start lining up all these lists and then saying, well, they're kind of set. Like Buffalo to me, Buffalo screams probably could use another running back. They have Devin Singletary who's a second year player and did pretty well his first year. Is any running back going to go in there and become sixty percent share of rushing rushing attempts? I mean, maybe if it's Jonathan Taylor, but I don't know if there are that many guys that really take over a full workload. Uh, Buccaneers, yeah, they're another one. I mean, they they have Rojo, who performed okay last year. Not sure that anyone's going to become a huge share um, of anyone. And then, do you believe in Daryl Henderson? If the answer to that question is yes, then the Rams are not a good landing spot. If that answer is no, then the Rams are a very good landing spot. Um and then, I mean, do you I, and believe? Where do that, you fall on that one, by the way? What do I believe in Daryl Henderson Rams specifically? Yeah, it's tough. I I think Daryl Henderson has all the talent. With that being said, Todd Gurley was broken last year. He was not capable of being a workhorse running back. Daryl Henderson did not get the ball very much. That scares mm-hmm. me, especially if we sit here and say all the time. Um, Sean McVay's brilliant. Sean McVay knows exactly what he's doing. He picks the right things. Da, 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 da. Concerns me that he didn't get on the field. Also yeah, worth no, noting, I point. definitely forgot Gurley signed with the Falcons. So the Falcons might not even be great. <laughs> right. Well, that, that, that speaks to what you just said. If you believe Todd Gurley is broken and they just brought him there to, to see, um, then maybe it's an okay spot. But to your point, if he is, if they believe that he's fine, then it, it could be it could be a problem, yeah. So it's I mean running backs one of those ones every year. It's you wherever someone lands, we will probably think that it's fine for them. Like if someone went to Seattle, we would all write off Chris Carson tomorrow. If they took Jonathan Taylor in the first round, because you, you know, stop speaking this <laughs> evil over my terrible terribly run <laughs> Seattle Seahawks team. <laughs> They're not. I mean, what if just made a lot of mistakes recently? Maybe what if the Texans say, "Huh, we just realized David Johnson <laughs> not worth this trade. Maybe we should probably go and get another running back." Like we oh. would probably all talk ourselves into that. Heck, let's let's go. I've got a list. Steelers, James Conner. Hmm. Maybe cancer broke his body down a little bit. That sounds dark, and I don't mean it to be so dark, but realistically, cancer probably did a number on his body. Well, but this is also the last year of his contract, and I don't yeah. think they're going to re-sign him. So, I mean, they could set, they could draft a running back. Mm-hmm. Washington. I mean, is Darius Geis ever going to be healthy? Um, Ravens. Is Bryce Love ever going to be healthy? Yeah, but Bryce, <laughs> yeah. Loves, Bryce Love died after his second year in, at oh, Stanford. Sad. 
Um, the Ravens, you got to prepare for after Mark Ingram. Yeah, not the Raiders. I'm not even going to say that. Uh, Patriots, do they officially are they dead on everyone that's on their current roster? Um, the Packers, can they screw over Aaron Jones one more time? <laughs> mm, Jets, no, they've got Lev Bell. Oh wait, they hate Lev Bell. Yeah, the Jets. <laughs> See, I, I mean, you can... We well, even the Lions, like, people are souring on Kerryon Johnson because two years in a row, he couldn't do it. So, like, are they going to bring someone in? What's funny is, is I think it's hilarious to see year over year how quickly fantasy people sour on people. Right. I've now acquired Kerryon Johnson basically everywhere I can. He was a fourth-round pick in rookie drafts last year. I mean, not rookie drafts, in redraft leagues last year. He was a yeah. fourth-round pick that smart, smart, smart people were pushing and saying... Wow, this is the guy that is we're taking him early and he might still be going too low. Like, why is this happening? And now he's dead. Like right. no one wants him. So, I mean, that's an I'm yeah, I think the Lions are definitely one. We're going to they're going to take uh they're going to take Darrington Evans in the 3rd round and we're all going to say that Carryon Johnson's been replaced. Oh, Evans, I took him so I with all this uh, extra time on my hands being at home, I uh, I I bought Madden because it was on sale, and uh, I exp- I like I imported the 2020 draft, and uh, the Seahawks went ahead and drafted Evans in like the sixth round, and he's my satellite back, and it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, and uh, who's been talking up Evans since midway through last year? Uh, Why do you think board? I like him? Yeah, you 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 convinced me. And by the way, now NFL teams seem to be liking him. It sounds like he's going to be a day two pick, which will be amazing. Yeah, it's great. Um, but you know what's amazing? Betting is amazing. And right now, there's currently no NBA, NHL, NBA. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you know what? You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. In real Vegas, not shut down Vegas. If you're missing the NFL, no problem. Bet Online has a live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can also bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices. Heck, you can even bet on the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And it's open 24 hours a day, all online. So make sure you use the co- promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and you'll receive a new welcome bonus. Uh, bet Online, your online wagering solution. I love that. I love that so much. Um, I won't probably be betting on a Madden simulations, but I, I might. I might get in on the uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest. That let's be pretty, clear. We're we're awesome. only like three weeks into quarantine. Give me another week, yep. and I will be sitting right. here sweating <laughs> Madden games for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, oh, but you know absolutely. what? We that's let's let's do the. We were talking about this um, before all this. We were talking about our. Let's do a mock rookie draft and. Kind of yeah. just base it off of our own perception, but you know what? I'll be nice. We'll go. We'll do one round. I'm going to give you the 101. You're going to give me the 101. Yeah, which um, means I'm this... giving you. I'm giving you the easiest pick. No, but I'm curious. Are we doing? Is this redraft or is this dynasty? This is. We're going to do it for dynasty because because we're we're a college football podcast. Yeah. I have to assume most of our listeners they're a little bit hardcore. They're probably sitting here like, wait, you're not doing a. Devi draft that's super depleted when all I'm looking at is freshmen, incoming right. freshmen. We'll 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 go a little bit less hardcore. We're gonna go with a, a rookie one for how would you 
what rookies would you take in a, in your dynasty league? So, so if I had the one one I'd uh, give me Jerry Judy. Whoa. Okay. I See, I thought this was, I thought this was a slam dunk pick because I'm a, I'm a wide receivers. <laughs> I'm a wide receivers first kind of guy. I love wide receivers, but there's a really, really, really good running back in this. And his name is JK. I'm kidding. It is Jonathan Taylor. I can't be that much of a homer. Taylor looks like he is he I think he is the next guy to be the Melvin Gordon and every other running back in this class looks like they're going to be very 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 good but Taylor looks like he could be a superstar. All right, so you got Judy and Taylor off the board. Um you're going to hate me. Do oh, it. I shouldn't take him because I know you're not going to take him. No, <laughs> but take him. uh I, I'd wrong. go CD I'd go CD Lamb next. All right. Well, somehow I still managed to end up with with my boy JK Dobbins. Um I think Dobbins is probably a second round pick. Um, I think he's, I think he's a little bit more scheme dependent because I think he isn't going to be the bruiser. I think he needs one where there's going to be a hole that opens up because his specialty or his best ability is the ability to, when there is a gap, he finds it every time. So JK Dobbins, he's, he's now my second running back in the class. Yeah. Um, depending on depending on location he could be my number one i like him an awful lot um i mean i do too yeah um he yeah he's so in that same madden game i uh went through and edited the draft class and i made him better than jonathan taylor (laughs) but um that's neither here nor there so now we're on pick number uh five we are on pick five you have swift please okay in the running back class of dreams you're finally getting one of the running backs yep hmm at six six is kind of my weird spot because in in real drafts if i'm sitting at the 106 i probably am looking to trade back right i'm just trying to decide you know what i called him i called him my wide receiver too in this class i think he's going to be the second wide receiver drafted in the class at the NFL draft, and I'm taking Mr. Speed himself, Henry Ruggs. There we go. I was wondering when he would pull the trigger on him. This, this I is mean, a good time for it. Yeah, had um, to do it. I'll go. I'll go with a guy who you've already talked about a little bit, who I like an awful lot. That's uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, Louisiana State. Ooh. You this can feel tough. free to make fun of me for any of these, by the way. No, I, what's funny, It the here are the ones I would have made fun of you for. I would have made fun of you for not taking Taylor first because I just think he's he seems like the safe guy, um, whereas I think Judy could is possible to miss. Um, and I just don't think there's, in barring injury, I don't think Taylor misses. But I'm going to take a guy that I also got in trouble for uh, crushing, Um I'm going to take Cam Akers. Yeah, that's one of my most. We'll see. I comped him to who did I comp him to? I comped him to David Montgomery and it had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with play style. It had everything to do with the fact that they were inefficient runners and everyone used the exact same excuse. Oh, man, they had a trash O line. They had to do it all themselves. Oh man, this was garbage. They had, and Cam Akers, yes, he is a freak athlete. He is an outstanding athlete. 
I don't know if he is an elite running back. And the truth about him is that if his line is subpar in the NFL, he's going to be a guy that breaks off an explosive play every once in a while, who also averages sub four yards per carry for his season. Yeah. Is that really the guy that you want? Uh, maybe not. So I would say personally, I have him lower than the consensus or not at a positionally. I don't, but I have him. I see him lower than the consensus, but I would take him at eight. All right. That's fair. Um, I'm going to go, uh, this might be surprising to some, but I, I like him an awful lot. Um, I'm going T Higgins next. Fuck you. <laughs> I guess, I guess you like him too then. T Higgins is, has recently become my dude. Um, well, so I, he was, so in my first ever Debbie league, I got him. And so I just have loved him ever since. Uh, just because I, I need him to be great <laughs> because he was my first pick ever. So let's play a game where I'm going to put in him at draft pick 31. So 31 is where I have him. Uh, we're going to go and pull up his Sims. Okay. So putting in 30, his draft position of 30, here is his top comparable player, Michael Thomas. So we talked before about, oh, a hit rate of 50% in his comps, air in their comps. He's about the same, and that's why I don't see him substantially lower than CeeDee Lamb. But his comps are Michael Thomas, Laquan Treadwell, Brashad Perriman, Cody Lattimore, Vomit, uh, Juju, um, Malcolm Kelly. Don't know who that is. Um, Robert Woods, DeAndre Washington, James Washington, or DeAndre Hopkins, um, James Washington, and Jarvis Landry. Hmm. I think he's he's... I would say if you look at that list, I would rather have that list than CeeDee Lamb's list. And we're talking about a guy getting drafted potentially 18 to 20 spots later. Love T. Higgins. And by the way, he played with a better receiver next to him. So, um, all right, so we're at 10. Can I make my assumption that LaVisca Chanel actually lands in New England? Because if he does. (laughs) Sure. um, No. This is tough. Wait, we haven't taken Rieger yet. Rieger. Nope, you can take Rieger, yeah. I was like, I'm not sure how he's still on the board because I think the standard assumption is that he's going to be a late day one, early day two pick. I'm just concerned if he doesn't get it. So, yeah, Rieger. So, I want to take someone, um, but you're going to give me shit. I I take Tua next, man. Two is my QB one, and I'm not afraid to say it. I mean, here's my own my only issue with Tua. The only issue. I think he is amazing. I think he is absolutely the more pure talent player between him and Burrow. I think he is more talented. Here's my concern with him. He's had multiple major injuries at Alabama. And yes, he is healthy now. Yes, his hip is healthy. But he had, we forget, prior year, he had a major ankle injury. Okay, before the hip injury, he had a major ankle injury. And then he had the hip injury. So we're talking about a guy that started for two and one game seasons. um, Mm -hmm. And he suffered three big injuries. So it's not that I don't think that he is durable. It's not that I don't think he is... Um, a very good player. I'm just concerned that 
maybe he's a guy that misses more weeks than we would like. And I don't know. I, I think Burrow, I think what we saw from Burrow was maybe what we can expect to see at the NFL. So can I tell you what makes me nervous about Burrow is he's a he puts so much air under the ball on his deep throws. I don't know if that's going to translate in the NFL. Uh, I, I think safeties move so much quicker. He can cover a lot more ground. They have a lot better verticals. They have better, uh, they're going to be in better positions to, to begin with. And I, I wonder how many of those wide open, deep touchdown passes to, um, to uh, Justin Jefferson end up being picked off by, um, you know, Earl Thomas or whomever you throw back out there at safety. Uh, so, so I get a little bit nervous about that and I just don't, I just don't know if he is, he, he, he doesn't have a very proven track record. I mean, yes, he was awesome this last year, but, uh, there's so many things went into that new offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and uh, a, a system that was really built around that. I, I, I do wonder what it will be like for him in the NFL. Um, two has been doing it a lot longer. I, I really think, I mean, he also, he also has it. Tua also had tremendous weapons. Don't get me wrong, but I, I was just, about to I say, do get a little bit nervous. Tua might have had more open targets. Like his receivers might but have been more he, wide he, open. He, but it, it doesn't look like a hot air balloon slowly rising into the atmosphere like it does when Burrow throws it deep. You know, like fair. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not denying that. I, I think that, but I've been higher on Burrow for a while than everyone. I, when Jordan yeah. came on back in the day, our old friend, Jordan, the guy who's dead to me now, um, Jordan said that Joe Burrow was just another guy when he joined Alabama or when he joined LSU. And I said, he made LSU a playoff con- contender. I thought, I, I think what we saw from Burrow this past year was that his skill set and his ability to get better is really impressive. So, I don't hate your pick of Tua. Um, I think him and Burrow are very close. I think Burrow is going to go to actually a fairly decent situation um, in Cincinnati, which seems like it's a terrible one, but if they get their line kind of sorted out, that's yeah, not a bad place a to be. Great skill. They've got great skill I mean, position players he's, there. He's going to get at least one year of A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. That's a fun group. Yeah. So Joe Mixon's a hell of a running back. I mean, yeah. like they've got a good, they've got a good core there. They do. So who's your last pick in, in the first round here? This is weird. It's a weird spot. I don't really like this spot. I'm going to go with a guy that I thought for his entire time when he was on um, USC was incredibly underrated. Um, he broke out this year and became a kind of household name. Not really a household name, but he finally became the star on the team, and that's Michael Pittman. I don't entirely know what sparked him becoming a guy that was in first-round pick consideration, but I love it because once upon a time, I tweeted out, Michael Pittman is the best player, uh, best receiver on USC, and it's not particularly close, and I will never forget this, but his girlfriend liked the tweet. There you go. So Michael (laughs) Pittman has a place in my heart, and the fact that he's getting first-round pick potential love Love it. Yeah. Um, so so one guy that we haven't talked about at all on the show that I just want to get your your thoughts on real quick. Darrington Evans? Um, no, we've talked about him. <laughs> um, no, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running back from LSU. What are your thoughts on him? I do see him uh, going in some of the first rounds of rookie drafts that I've been looking at. Uh, what do you think 
is realistic expectation for him, both as far as draft capital, but even once he hits the NFL, do you think he'll be able to carve out a role for himself? Um, or is he kind of going to be a situational gadget type player? He's interesting. He's not very big. I mean, tall. He's, uh, assuming my math is right, he's five foot seven. Um, he's 200 and something pounds, and he's not super fast. Sounds that a would be like me. <laughs> yep. That would be a concern. But here is my my reasoning for really liking him. He was basically written off um, coming into this year. If you play college fantasy football, um, you know that most people were taking John Emery um, mm-hmm. very early in college fantasy football drafts last year because John Emery was a five-star running back, was the best running back that anyone's ever seen. And LSU would be stupid to not give him the ball. Well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire held him off and held him off really well. He uh, got 215 rush attempts this year, over 1,400 yards, averaged well over six yards per carry, and had 16 touchdowns. And what is my favorite thing about a running back? Like, what's my favorite thing that a running back can do? Receive the ball. Hey, he had 55 receptions. Yeah. are you glad that I answered that correctly? <laughs> yeah, if you had said, I really touchdowns. want them. <laughs> Short yardage wanna... touchdowns. <laughs> no, no, receiving, because that means that they're going to stay on the field. I don't think Edwards Alaire is going to be a workhorse, and that's why I would hesitate to take him in the first round of rookie drafts. But if you're telling me I'm at the 112 and my choices are Brandon Ayuk, who fell a half a round further than we expected, KJ Hamler, who's a top of the third round pick, AJ Dillon, who got drafted later, um, I just feel like I would be very much struggling to pull the trigger um, on Edwards Alaire in the first. But if that's my spot and that's the situation and he's a second round pick, yeah, Edwards yeah. Alaire could very well be James White. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe James White that rushes the ball a little bit more, but I think yeah, there's a I chance mean, James where he White's- becomes... In a PPR league, he's super valuable. I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing. You don't have, I mean, the fact that his 40 time isn't great should concern people because 40 time is the one, the one thing that people always kind of point to as this is the one thing for running backs that actually does have correlation. With that being said, if he gets drafted early, I don't care because he's a good pass catcher. So Edward Dallaire is a guy that I am a fan of. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I kind of feel the same way. I think it'll be really interesting to see when he goes and where he goes um, because he does offer such a unique skill. Um, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he ends up on a team that that utilizes a pass catching back or or not. So um, yeah, very, very curious to see how that, how that goes. Um, yeah, what else do you want to talk about? So I do want to talk about at least one player that in Debbie world because you know me I love Debbie leagues absolutely so there's one situation where that happened this offseason and basically threw the Debbie community into a bit of a split and that's this this player by the name of Master Teague Um, Master Teague it was all set to become the workhorse running back for Ohio State with J.K. Dobbins gone um, with his running back field they missed out on all these like superstar recruits. Um, Marcus Crowley, who was the guy that was right there with him. He's injured. He's coming off a torn ACL. It was all set. Master Teague, superstar. Well, he 
strained his Achilles. We don't really know the full extent. No one is saying a word because it's college football and they don't have to. Um, but they basically said at a minimum, he was going to be out until the summer. He was going to miss all of the spring. And then with coronavirus, there's a little level of, well, is he still getting the elite rehab? Is he still going to be working with these people that can get him back on the field even faster? Yeah. Does this extend his timeline? A lot of and then there was one bit of news that came out. And the moment that this guy entered the transfer portal, everyone said, well, we know where he's going. And that's Trey Sermon transferred into Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a long period of time, you know, I'm not really a big fan of Trey Sermon. Um, I, I thought he has moments when he looks really good. I thought he was generally very overrated as a Debbie prospect. Um, this was the a very good landing spot for both or for him because essentially the takeaway is that he's going to take over the lead role and he may not be asked to carry the workload in the same way that he would have been at a different school. So if you're a, a fan of Master Teague for Debbie, I'm just going to tell you to sell off your shares. Drop him in your Debbie ranks because it is now officially incredibly unlikely he ever has a workhorse season. Not only is Trey Sermon going to take away that chance this year, the increasing health of Marcus Crowley, who the coaching staff loves, is also going to do that. And then there's this, the if you're a deep dive like me and uh, a little bit of a degenerate like you in following recruiting news, you will know <laughs> that Ohio State in 2021 signed two top five running backs. Yeah. Um, That's crazy, by the way. It is. Um, but so you sit here and say all of those things. What are the odds that Master T gets this chance to have a breakout season? And and yeah. that's exactly it. Like, what are what are the odds? Even if you give, even if you assume that each player has the, an equal shot at it, that's too many mouths to feed in a backfield. Like, it's it's a one in five or one in four chance that it, that he actually breaks. Why do you want to invest in that when you can go somewhere else for a much better rate? For comparison's sake, or just so. Like, let me pull this up and see if I can actually find it. Um, there, Debbie Watch regularly puts on these mock drafts. And in the first set of mock drafts, they did. Master Teague was really, he was a, I saw him get drafted at 13 overall in one of the mock drafts I was in. This is a super flex tight end premium league where in theory he was getting drafted. His current ADP is 22. I just finished up a mock draft for them. He was taken in the fourth round. Master Teague is rightfully plummeting because as we said, it's not that we all think he's bad. It's not that we all think that he is like has no skill. And by the way, I think that his best chances, if he's healthy and he's like still relatively athletic, I mean, people might not remember this, but Coming out of high school, he ran a four, like three. I think he ran a four three at one of Ohio State's camps. Um, it was a ridiculously fast speed. I just remember if he is healthy and is still running fast, he would probably benefit from just leaving Ohio State and going and trying to win the combine. So yeah. it's kind of a weird spot because if you're if you're wanting him to have production before he goes to the NFL draft, he probably needs to enter the transfer portal. 
Um, if you're wanting him to just go and prove he's athletic, then you just want him to come out this year and hope for the best. So right. he's in an interesting spot, but he's definitely plummeting. For yeah. perspective, I would 100% take Breezy Hall or Breezy. Yeah, we're going to call him Breezy Hall over him. I would probably take Kylan Hill over him now. And I would definitely take Kenneth Gainwell over him. And those are guys that started the offseason, not a chance. Right, right. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good, good to get a little bit of a deep dive into some Debbie before we before we uh, call it a call it a show. There, um, that's good. I um, I've been I've been excited, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to the the NFL draft coming up, so that we can um, reanalyze all of these rookies with kind of a new lens. And then uh, once we move on from that, we can just focus solely on Debbie and and really looking at which which of these college players um, Chris are set up. Of course, a lot of it. Oh my goodness, I'm excited for him. Um, yeah, we uh, he, he he might be someone I have to spend some some of my money on in, in, in the, this. I just want. I have to point out that while you, Curtis, and Travis all thought I was insane for my ranking of him, his current ADP on Devi Watch right now. And by the way, our rankings not super flex, not tight end premium. His ranking right now is twenty, or his ADP is twenty seventh overall. I have him sixteenth. Oh. So yes, I'm still higher than everyone. But people are coming around. People should realize that there's going to be an alpha receiver in that room, and his name is Chris Olave. There it is. All right, Matt. Thanks for uh, thanks for all your insight, man. That was good stuff today. Um, I uh, yeah, let's do this again. I don't know if we'll do it right before or right after the draft. I mean, we'll definitely do one right after the draft. We'll see if we want to do another one right before. Uh, maybe we can do. Uh, strictly looking at the draft right before it happens uh we'll let you know just of course hit that subscribe button so that uh, these pop up in your feed as soon as uh as i publish them uh but yeah that was good stuff matt anything you want to leave the uh, the good listeners with i already said bye chris lave bye amon race bye amon ross St. brown there it is all right we'll talk to you guys later